Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy, and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory, and now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 56 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, four types of exercises to improve your riding. So today I'm answering the question, what are the four best types of exercises for riding? Which was a question that was submitted in my rider, one of my rider surveys um, with my freebie 10 free rider specific exercises. So if you're in that, basically um, I, there's a little prompt to get you to fill out a rider survey because I want to find out what sort of things you're struggling with with your riding um, and yeah, help, help give you some content around that. So this episode is about answering that question. What are the four best types of exercises for riding? And I really love this question. I think it's a great question because many behavioral issues that horses have, especially under saddle can be caused by a out of balance rider or an unfit rider because if you can't move in harmony with your horse in a way where you minimize the white noise, you could be accidentally giving your horse cues or aids and they've got to decide like what is meaningful movement and what is not. So I love that people are thinking about doing exercises to improve their riding so that they can move in harmony with their horse so their horse can have a better experience when they are being ridden. When you think about it, it must be really hard for horses when they've got something on their back moving around and some of that movement they have to kind of block out because it's like, oh, that's them just kind of, you know, awkwardly sitting to the side or accidentally banging my <laughs> my sides um, versus what is an aid that they genuinely need to respond to. And I think this confusion that horses have really does lead to a lot of behavioral issues under saddle. So if we can improve our riding, become more symmetrical, more balanced, more uh, like quiet and more controlled in our cues, then the whole picture not only is going to look better, but it's going to feel better for both you and the horse. So yes, I believe that we owe it to our horses to be the best versions of ourselves physically. Now, this is not about being a certain size or shape or height, etc. I just wanted to highlight that because, for example, a heavier rider who is in balance and in more control of her body is going to be an easier load to carry for a horse compared to, say, a rider who is lighter but unable to synchronize with the horse and unable to provide subtle aids, which comes as a result of having the appropriate rider qualities, which you can develop through exercises. So it's all about developing the appropriate rider-specific qualities so that you can be an easier load to carry for your horse 
in a way that you can move in more harmony with your horse, be in control of your body and in control of your aids. So if you want to find out more about what specific rider qualities I'm referring to, I did a whole podcast episode on this, episode 46, eight qualities to improve your riding ability. But today I'm specifically talking about the types, the four types of exercises that you can do to improve those rider qualities. As a physiotherapist and a lifelong equestrian who's kind of obsessed with um, becoming the best version of myself as a rider and a horsewoman, um, I've put a lot of thought into this. And the exercises that I'm going to talk about today, they're not a specific type or style of exercise, such as Pilates or yoga or, um, you know, CrossFit or, or whatever in terms of like a discipline, so to speak. Although these things can be absolutely great as well. But what I'm going to talk about is the types of exercises that all rider exercise programs should have in order to improve the rider's ability and those specific rider qualities that I just touched on that you can learn more about in episode 46. I'm not going to be talking about the exercises in any particular order or sequence. I'm just going to talk about the four types of exercises that you need to improve your riding. If you want to have a rider specific exercise program, you need these four types of exercises within that program. If you want to improve the specific riding qualities that are important for all riders. Okay, so let's dive into the first type of exercise, which is motor control and body awareness exercises. Now, this is super, super important for riders because when you think about it, when you look at the top riders, so picture a rider that you admire, what is it about that rider that makes them so good, that makes them appear like they're doing nothing? It's absolute 100% control of each of their body movements, right? And then conversely, think about like perhaps a, a beginner rider um, or, you know, someone who's not as developed in the saddle, what, you know, what makes that picture um, like like it is, you know, it's usually that they don't have an awareness of their body. It's usually that there are parts of their body moving around and they're not, not aware of that happening. And not only are they not aware of that, they're also because of that, they're not able to correct those faults. So basically motor control is the regulation of movement. It allows you to apply your aids with conscious awareness and therefore reducing accidental communication with your horse, which I've kind of already touched on. So motor control also helps you change your position or move a body part with awareness such that every movement is absolutely deliberate. And by improving your motor control, you become more coordinated as you're able to use your body in a smooth and efficient way, which is exactly what we want when we're riding. This helps to create the desirable independent seat, leg and hands. So it's so important that we do motor control type exercises so we can practice our ability to have good motor control. And this is also linked with body awareness or proprioception, which is a person's awareness of the position of their body parts in space. And top riders have excellent proprioception or body awareness. They're really aware of their position on the horse and any movement is very precise, very deliberate. So motor control and body awareness exercises are really crucial to have in your 
rider exercise program because you really need to develop this ability to be aware of your body. Now, specifically, what am I talking about in terms of which movements and what parts of the body that we need good awareness of? Well, I think it's really important that you have a really good awareness of what a neutral pelvis position and a neutral spine position is, because that is like our home base position when we ride. That is basically where we want to spend most of our time. It doesn't mean that we stay in that neutral position because our pelvis and spine will need to move and adapt to absorb the forces of the horse's movement and of gravity and of um, the other forces that are acting on our body. But it's kind of like we're always returning to that home base, neutral spine and pelvic position. So exercises that really emphasize that, that teach you how to find that position and um, help you control movements into and out of those neutral positions are really important. Coordination-based exercises, so where you're having to do something different with your upper limb and lower limb, which, you know, we have to do that a lot when we're riding. Um, So exercises that challenge your coordination are also going to challenge your body awareness and motor control. Um, And that can help you develop those independent hands and and seat and legs also if you're working on those different coordination tasks. So even something that's not necessarily completely um, directly transferable to riding, but something where you're working on your coordination can actually help your body awareness and your motor control in the saddle just simply because you're expanding that body awareness and that coordination and that control, that sort of theme of movement. Movements that are, or exercises that are unfamiliar also help to build your motor control and body awareness because whenever you have to do a novel movement, a movement that's unfamiliar to you, you have to activate new neural pathways to establish that movement, which means you have to really consciously think about your body position and and by doing that, you're really thinking about your control, your position, etc. And you will move through phases of that um, nervous system control. So basically, whenever you learn any new movement, you do have to apply a lot of conscious effort initially, where it takes all of your attention to really think about that movement or position, etc. And then as you practice it more and more over time, it becomes a well ingrained neural pathway. And therefore that neural pathway lights up very quickly and you don't have to think about it consciously anymore because it's already accessible. This is why I believe people who do things or have done things like dance, um, ballet, calisthenics, gymnastics, all of those sorts of things, disciplines or sports that require a lot of body awareness and motor control actually find it relatively easy to pick up something like riding because they've already got that really good body awareness established that they can transfer into the saddle. So the first type of exercise that I believe all riders need to have or need to do in order to improve their riding ability is proprioception or body awareness and motor control exercises. 
The second type of exercise that I would recommend is something called isometric strengthening. Now, isometric is basically just means a static contraction of a muscle. So you're not moving a body part through space. You're not creating a powerful movement. You're activating in a static type position and particularly isometric strengthening of your core muscles, your postural muscles, but also the upper and lower limbs. When you think about it, when we ride, we don't actually produce a whole lot of movement as such. A lot of the movement that we produce is our body trying to absorb and, uh, and adapt to the horse's movement. It's not like a sport like running where we're having to put one foot in front of the other or lifting something or throwing something. The movements that we produce are very subtle and mostly our trunk so our, you know, spine, pelvis, upper body areas, um, and really our legs and arms as well, they're all fairly static as in, you know, when you look at a good rider, it doesn't look like they're moving much at all. There's a lot of static activation of muscles happening. Of course there is movement happening, but it's not global, powerful, large movements. It's really subtle movements. So I believe it's really important that we do a lot of isometric strengthening exercises to help condition our muscles to be able to activate at a low level for a prolonged period of time, which is what is required when we're riding. Now, when we target the right muscles, when we're doing these isometric strengthening exercises, we can actually target muscles that work on what's called segmental control of the spine. So, um, you know, smaller, deeper muscles that are involved in your postural integrity that keep you upright, that keep you um, maintaining a neutral spine as best you can, whilst allowing some movement to absorb impact, etc. So what do these exercises actually look like? What do isometric exercises look like? So it's any exercise where you're statically activating muscles without moving a body part. So picture like a plank, you know, you're on your forearms, your legs are straight um, and your pelvis is lifted. It's really hard to uh, audibly describe a plank without showing you, but if you just Google plank, you will see what I mean. You're statically holding that position but it's you're still working muscles, but nothing's necessarily moving. So that's an isometric activation. Now, that's not to say everyone go and do heaps of planks. Planks can be great, but we also, there's plenty of other isometric strengthening exercises you can do. And what I like to give riders is isometric exercises where you're having to maintain your postural integrity. So you're having to maintain, say, a neutral spine, but also move a body part. Okay, so I think that's really good for riders to practice because when we ride, we're having to think and respond so much that's not really about holding a static position because, you know, we might need to give a hand forwards. We might need to move a leg back slightly. We might need to position our pelvis um, slightly differently. We might need to go over a jump or something like that, but we need to maintain that static activation of our postural muscles in order to maintain that postural integrity. Now, this is a little bit controversial because I see a lot people say like, you've got to be completely relaxed to ride horses. Like you can't have any tension. You've got to let it all go. And then conversely, <laughs> I see people that, are, that promote, um, 
you know, like bearing down and really tensing the core and, and really um, activating, having a lot of muscle activation. And in my opinion, neither of those things is correct. Every rider is different. So a hypermobile or super flexible rider might need to focus more on strengthening and a, a really um, someone who's got more tension in their muscles in general might need to focus more on relaxing and loosening and stretching their muscles. But in general, there has to be a balance between tension and relaxation when we ride. Because if you're completely relaxed, you're a sack of potatoes, right? You're just going to fall off your horse. You need a certain level of muscle activation to stay on your horse and to influence the horse. And if you are completely tense, then you're going to like ricochet off of your horse. You're going to bounce a lot and you're going to not be able to absorb the impact um, of your horse's back and movement and, and gravity, etc. because you're too stiff, you're too rigid and you're not malleable enough so there really has to be a balance which brings me to the third type of exercise which is stretches to improve your mobility and flexibility so there are certain areas of the body that riders need a minimum amount of mobility and flexibility to in, in order to sit well on a horse in order to move in harmony with the horse and in order to influence the horse um, and the good thing about these stretches, they also help to improve your symmetry, especially when you're doing stretches on one side at a time, because you can compare both sides and work towards more symmetry. And also it helps to improve your body awareness as you get to know your body a little bit better. Now, which areas are most important for riders to stretch? And again, of course, this depends on the individual you might have had previous injuries or you might have a scoliosis or you might have a particular area that requires more attention but in general riders need really good pelvic hip and spinal mobility and also ankle mobility and that's because the pelvis needs to be in order to the pelvis needs to be able to move freely in all directions in order to follow the movement of the horse. So it's not just forwards and backwards as in an anterior and posterior pelvic tilt, but we've got lateral tilting and rotation as well. So it's really important that we're able to do, uh, we're able to have good pelvic mobility in all directions. And if you don't, that you're doing pelvic mobility exercises to improve that, or at least maintain what you've got. Um, and closely connected to that is your hip mobility. Now, the pelvis and hip mobility are co two completely different things. Well, not completely different. They're connected. But hip mobility, I'm talking about the femoroacetabular joint. Don't be worried about the terminology. It's just your hip. Um, just know that your hips are separate to your... Uh, the hip is different to the pelvis. A lot of people use them interchangeably. Um, the pelvis is the like the large bony structure at the bottom of your spine. Um, whereas the hips are the attachment of your thigh bone onto your pelvis. Okay, I hope that makes sense. You can always Google the differences between those two things. But your pelvic mobility and your hip mobility are kind of separate things that you need to work on. And it's important we have good hip mobility because in general, with my experience being a physio, a lot of people, not just riders, really struggle with hip mobility. I think it's because of our current lifestyle, you know, sitting for prolonged periods of time. A lot of jobs require us to sit for prolonged periods in that 90 degree hip angle. So we get really tight at the front of our hips. 
Um, and we probably, again, as a, as a whole in generalizing, um, we don't move our hips through their full range of motion enough. And as the saying goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. So, um, you're going to maintain the ranges of motion that you move your hips through. And then the ones that you don't will become stiff over time. So I find specifically for riders, riders need to focus on their hip extension mobility. So stretching through the hip flexors at the front of the hip and also the hip rotation. I mean, hip mobility in all directions is great to practice, but specifically for riders and what I commonly see and what I've, ex what I've experienced myself um, is yes, that hip flexion tightness. So tightness going into hip extension, there's a restriction. And that's important for when you want to put your leg a little further back without influencing the knee joint. So a lot of people, because they can't do that, they'll just bend the knee instead. Whereas you might want to actually move your whole leg back from the hip joint um, for things like a travers or perhaps a canter transition or flying changes, things like that. Um, and if you don't have that hip mobility, you're not able to do that. And on top of that, if you're if you don't have that hip extension mobility and you're a little tight through the front of the hip, it can hold you in a bit of a like forward leaning position. You you might find it um, more difficult to maintain an upright position as those tight hip flexors are always pulling you forwards um, into that sort of flex position, which is a little bit of a compromising position for riders. You're a bit vulnerable in that position. And it's important that you're able to, to move through a range of movements in order to be steady and stable in the saddle. Now, spinal mobility is also very important. Uh, it's important that we have as best we can symmetrical spinal mobility. Now, not everyone is able to achieve that. If you have some kind of scoliosis or some kind of fusion um, or previous injury that is preventing you from getting symmetrical movement. And by the way, very rarely is anyone perfectly symmetrical, but you know, it's nice to aim for. Um, yeah, so this spinal mobility is important for riders because we need to have that segmental mobility in order to evenly absorb impact through the spine. So let's say if you don't have even spinal mobility throughout the spine, you might be really stiff in one area and therefore that, that flow of energy going through your spine kind of gets blocked. And that's when you can end up with things like a head bob or even excessive movement in one area of the spine rather than it flowing evenly through the spine and pelvis. So spinal mobility is really important and it's also important for things like turning or lateral work um, because if you don't have good rotation spinal mobility, then A, you might be stuck in a bit of an asymmetrical position which could confuse your horse a little bit in terms of where your weight is being distributed and or your aids will not be symmetrical as you apply them to the left and right sides. Like if you turn your shoulders to the right and to the left, that's actually a rotate a spinal rotation movement. And if you are able to move further one way than the other, then you might have a stiffness that's preventing you from being able to have that symmetrical aid application in the saddle. 
Sorry about all the wordiness, guys. I hope it's helping. I'm really trying to simplify it as best I can. Um, but I'll explain how uh, I can make it really easy for you a little bit later in this episode. So hang in there. And lastly, I think in terms of for stretches to improve your mobility and flexibility, it's important that your ankles are evenly mobile um, into what's called dorsiflexion. Now, I did a little um, reel on this on my Instagram about how you can measure your own ankle dorsiflexion range of motion in weight bearing, which is more relevant to riders as our feet are partially weight bearing in stirrups. Um, and it's important that we have this equal dorsiflexion in both ankles because our ankles do a lot of shock absorbing when we ride with stirrups also. When we ride bareback, that's a different story. You can have the stiffest ankles and you'll probably be okay riding bareback, but because your pelvis and your spine has to absorb more of the movement. Um, but when you're riding with stirrups in a saddle, ankle mobility is really important. If you have one ankle that's more stiff than the other, especially if there's like a marked difference, if it's, if there's a significant difference between the left and right side, like one or two centimeters difference in this test that I just spoke about that I showed on one of my reels, um, that's okay. But if you've, if you've got a significant difference, which I often pick up in riders and general population, um, and it's usually because they've had a previous ankle injury, um, then you can actually because one ankle will be absorbing more impact than the other, you can, it can actually like push you over to the other side. So if you're the sort of rider who always seems to end up on one side of the saddle, it could be your ankle mobility that's causing that. Could be a range of other things as well, but that's just, that's just one thing that can happen if your ankle mobility is not symmetrical. Now I should clarify that I don't think it's really important to be overly mobile and flex, flexible as riders. I think there's this kind of misconception that, you know, we've got to be like doing heaps of stretches and like be really, really mobile and flexible to ride. But if you watch most riders, like in the, we're pretty much in a neutral position. Our joints are mostly in a neutral position most of the time when we ride, especially for something like dressage. There's no extreme ranges of motion that we need to be able to get into. So, you know, you don't need to do the splits. You don't need to, um, you know, be able to touch, put your hands flat on the ground for long hamstrings or whatever, but you do need an adequate range of motion specifically in the joints that I've spoken about today. And in saying that, if you have good range of motion, then you're going to feel more comfortable in that neutral position. If your range of motion, um, specifically in those areas is asymmetrical um, in the sense of left versus right or asymmetrical in terms of the antagonist movement, the opposite movement, um, then you could create some issues. But then on the flip side of that, if you're too flexible, so you're hypermobile, often that is connected to um, not having enough stability. So there's kind of always a trade-off. Really, you want to be in that middle ground. You want to have as enough mobility and flexibility to absorb the movement of the horse, but also enough stability and enough strength in order to remain upright and influence the horse. The last type of exercise to improve your riding is mounted exercises. We need that in the saddle practice to translate the unmounted exercises into the ridden form. So you could be doing 
you know, all the rider specific exercises, but if you never actually ride, you're not going to improve your riding, right? So I think it's really important definitely to do unmounted exercises, but also mounted exercises to help challenge yourself in the saddle so you can become a better rider. Now we could do a whole category of different types of mounted rider exercises, um, but I'll just give you a, a few different ideas. Um, and I have a whole bunch of them in my rider program, which I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, in general, if you can make riding a little bit harder, um, you're going to become a better rider. I know that sounds like a weird paradox, but let me explain. So riding with less will help you develop a better, better motor control in the saddle, basically. So if you ride, if you change your grippy breeches to just normal tights or leggings, they'll be a little bit more slippery. So you're getting less help from your breeches and your body's going to have to adapt in order to ride effectively. Same as removing the massive, like, you know, the big um, fire blocks on dressage saddles these days or removing the really deep seat that kind of holds you in. If you ride in something a little bit more flatter without knee blocks, that's going to challenge your riding as well and you will be your body will kind of be forced to be able to have better balance and to be able to ride better and then when you go back if you want to go back to those um, more supportive things you'll be able to ride even better so um, you know and you can take that further by riding bareback or in a bareback pad but um, you don't want to overdo that as well because there's a reason why we ride in saddles to distribute the pressure evenly across the horse's back um, but if once in a while is totally fine or even, you know, dropping your stirrups. I think a lot of instructors get their riders to ride without stirrups. And I think it's a great practice um, to do. And we often forget about doing these things. You know, we focus so much on how the horse is going. But even if you can just dedicate a small portion of your riding to, to mounted exercises to improve your riding, then it's going to make the world of difference over time. So you can do this by either you know, doing one session a week where you kind of like give the horse a bit of a, you know, like um, you let them off the hook, so to speak, and you really focus on your riding um, and and let them move around, walk, trot and canter, but you're doing mounted exercises. Or you can do it like five or 10 minutes in each session. So that way you're spreading it out a little bit more. That's my preference so that, you know, you're you're repeating things and you're putting your practice closer together rather than just like once a week. And you can do the types of exercises that I've spoken about in today's episode. So motor control and body awareness type mounted exercises in the saddle. You can do isometric strengthening exercises in the saddle. You can do stretches in the saddle and all of which I have in my rider program, which takes the guesswork out of everything for you. Um, but you do, I think it's really great to do, especially the motor control exercises in the saddle, because that's really, we're training the nervous system. We're really training those neural pathways of movement, which is going to have a really long-term effect on your riding. And you will have to move through those phases of really consciously having to think about the exercise, which is the worst part because, you know, it takes a lot of focus and effort and you just think, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. But if you stick with it, you will get to the point where it becomes natural. And I can think of a specific example of this. Years ago, um, when I was a teenage rider, 
I had a biomechanics coach and she was talking to me about the movement of the horse's rib cage in trot um, moving left and right. So if you've sat on a horse, perhaps you haven't felt this before, but if you bring your awareness to it, if you're in sitting trot, you will feel that the rib cage moves left and right as you're riding. And if you watch a horse from behind, you can see this. Now, it makes sense that your your weight kind of and your, your pelvis follows that movement and therefore your leg follows that movement as well. So in a way, it's like your heel drops a little further down. Let's say your right heel drops a little further down as the rib cage moves to the left and then vice versa. And therefore, you're really following the movement of the horse. So that's an exaggeration, but it can really help you feel and produce that lateral tilt movement in the pelvis to absorb that trotting motion. Now, I spent days just thinking on my rides, just trying to do this movement. And I just, the whole ride, I would just really, really focus on feeling that rib cage movement and moving my pelvis and legs or ankles with in harmony with that movement. And I kept doing it until it felt like natural. And now I don't think about the ribcage movement. I can just feel it, right? I think a lot of us want to just hop on and be able to feel stuff straight away. But sometimes you have to apply a lot of conscious effort to really think about that movement before it becomes automatic for you. I hope that makes sense. So anyway, they are the four types of exercises that... Um, I think riders should do to improve their rider specific qualities. It is important to note that of course, different disciplines might require different exercises. For example, I haven't mentioned cardio exercises, but eventers would definitely need to add cardio exercise to their regime. If you've ever jumped or galloped for more than four minutes straight, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, but this is kind of like in general what um, what exercises all riders should be doing to improve the way that they ride. Now, the, I've explained the four types of exercises in this episode, but how do you actually implement these into your routine? How do you take this into practice? So you could join a yoga or Pilates studio or hire a PT or join a gym. But if you want to do exercise that's actually tailored for riders, that includes all of these types of exercises in rider specific ways with a lot of variety so you don't get bored and in an easy to implement format where every exercise is designed to help you become a better rider, where it's very easy to follow and implement into your everyday routine, where you don't need a gym and where you know that by putting in the effort to complete these exercises, your riding will improve guaranteed, then you should definitely check out my eight week rider specific exercise program. I have literally done all the hard work for you. I mean, of course, you have to put in the hard work in terms of doing the program, but I've done the hard work in terms of, you know, applying all of my physiotherapy and writing knowledge to develop a program that is designed to improve your writing that I personally use and love. And it, it's I've designed it in a way where you're not going to get bored. Because I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I just hate it when I'm having to repeat the same old exercises over and over. I want variety. I want to know that it's improving my writing. I want to know that I'm actually working on writer specific qualities so that it's not 
wasted time so that I know that by doing this, I'm going to be a better writer and I've just got to do the exercises. I've just got to click play and follow along. Um, so what I'll do is I will pop a link to the program in the show notes so you can find out all the details um, or you can just head to amaliadempsey.com and click on exercise program. So when you do that, you'll, you'll come to a page with all of the information out of the program. So if you have any questions or you want to find out more about the structure of the program or how much it is, etc., it's all there. And if you're listening to this podcast in June or July of 2023, you can use the code HB56 to get 10% off the program. So HB as in horsemanship breakthroughs and the numbers five and six as in this is the 56th episode. So just enter the code HB56 at the checkout to get that extra 10% discount off. Now I've had over 200 people join the program now and I regularly get positive feedback on how it's helping writers be more effective, balanced, symmetrical, mobile, and ride with more harmony with their horse. And you can check out what other riders are saying about the program on the info page as well. So just click the link in the show notes or go to amaliadempsey.com and click on exercise program. If you want to take your riding ability to the next level through rider specific exercise, um, and I'll see you in the program. Now, just to recap, the four types of exercises to improve your riding are one, motor control and body awareness exercises, two, isometric strengthening, specifically for the core, postural muscles and upper and lower limbs, three, stretches to improve your mobility and flexibility, especially the pelvic, hip, spinal mobility and ankle mobility, and four, mounted rider exercises, all of which you can find in the rider exercise program. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. And if you resonated with this podcast, if you agree with a lot of the things that I was saying and it makes sense to you, then I know you're going to love the program. So hopefully you dive into that as well. But otherwise, I'll catch you in the next podcast episode. Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses or my website AmaliaDempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence and I'll see you in the next episode.